The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. All right, gang, on today's show, that's right, we got Colton Pouncey once again to break down the offense this time around. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, haters, pets, whatever you are, I just bear with me here. I, I we are a week away from kickoff, and I, I just cannot comprehend this. It is Friday, August 27th, and it is seven days, seven, until Michigan State kicks off their season, and that, that is just, whew, oh my goodness gracious. I don't know if I'm mentally ready, physically ready, or spiritually ready for kickoff, but you know what? It doesn't matter if we're ready or not, because it's coming in hot. Something to get us ready, though, is uh, Colton Pouncey on today's episode. If you liked him yesterday, you're going to love him today. Uh, Yesterday, of course, if you listen, he helped break down the defense. And today, uh, we talk all things offense. Yes, that includes quarterback talk for the first part, and then everything else after that. Um, Colton's awesome. He's the man. Gracious with his time. A lot of incredible insight from him. So, yeah, he's the man. Uh, But before we get to him... Got to ask you politely to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This is Locked on Spartans. I am your host, Matt Sheehan. If you have any comments or questions or anything that you'd like to send my way, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the way to go. Also, we're going to kick off next week with a big one. Yes, we got James Pyatt, the U.S. Amateur Champion. He dropped by. We have recorded earlier today, actually, and Mike, that's one of the my favorite interviews of all time that I've done. I feel like we clicked from the jump and yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, good conversation there to start your week next week. But Hey, how about ending your week with some Colton Pouncey and talking about MSU football, baby. Let's go. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the knower of all things height. And most importantly, an awesome, awesome Michigan state writer for the athletic Dot com or the athletic app, however you choose to read his work. Regardless, his name's Colton Pouncey, and he is with us today. Thank you so much, Colton, for joining us. How on earth are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm excited to have some football back. We're about nine days away, about just under a week, I would say. It's you know, it's getting close. I'm excited for it. It'll be an interesting season. No, how excited are you to just stop answering the questions? That I'll be asking in about 30 seconds here. Um, who's <laughs> playing quarterback? Like how? Like that's got to be part of the excitement for you being a beat reporter, right? Yeah, I can't wait for those to be over. And honestly, it'll probably probably won't even be over when they uh, play Northwestern. It'll probably continue at least the first few games, I'd say. But honestly, you can only answer that question so many ways. And like my brain has gone back and forth on like. Okay, this makes sense, you know, from a long-term perspective. But then again, you want to win now, you go with this guy. So I've kind of gone back and forth myself. So I think just for peace of mind, my brain will feel better after uh, they actually name a guy and we see a guy uh, go out there and take the field. 
Right on. And I, I guess we're just getting right into it, just starting off with quarterback. I mean, yep. that's the most appropriate way to start. Because you just came out with a, a depth chart piece for the Athletic. You break down your reasoning why guys are slotted uh, in, in the one deep or the two deep. So, and kind of like just it messing with your brain, the whole quarterback battle. Like, I, I kind of saw that in what you wrote, that when the media gets there, it's Thorne with the ones, and then Russo takes over at the twos. But then again, is there a mirage going on and they're just trying to throw a curveball at you guys and Northwestern at the same time? So like I, I totally get it. But if you had to if you had to guess, if you had to bet a metaphorical two billion dollars, who who do you think steps out on the field week one? I mean, just let, let's just have some fun with it. Honestly, like I was gonna say, I feel like that that Charlie Day meme where he's trying to piece everything together, all yes. the conspiracy yes. theories. Like that's what I feel trying to pick a quarterback here, um, because again, when you're out there, I mean, we've we've seen three practices and then you know the 15 minute periods and then one full open practice for Meet the Spartans. And honestly, like every time I've watched them, they haven't done a ton of team stuff around us. I think part of that's intentional. But every time sure. I've seen them line up for team stuff, it's been Peyton Thorne first and then Anthony Russo coming in second. And, you know, you, you sort of have to take some of that with a grain of salt because, you know, they had Kenneth Walker with a third-team offense for one of those days, and <laughs> he's not your number three back on this right. team. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, so they, they're they it's like they know we're here. Um, so part of me wonders, okay, why would they really show us who the starting quarterback is, you know, give us those first-team reps with Peyton Thorne? Um, is there a little bit misdirection there? I'm not so sure. It's part of me thinks that there is. You know, I, I wouldn't put it past the staff because Mel – has not said a word about this quarterback competition. Jay Johnson has not said a word about it. You know, every time you ask him, like, oh, we like both these guys, you know. And uh, I don't know. It's like when you watch them out there, Thorner's the guy getting most of the reps. But I do wonder if that's just, you know, he's been around. Um, you know, this is third year on campus. The guys seem to like him. You know, give him the first shot and see what he can do, um, at least in practice. But if you really think that Russo's your guy, maybe you try to hide him a little bit. Yeah, um, sure. Because, I mean, the, and the amount that they're repping, like, they're all getting reps with the first team. So it doesn't really matter who goes out there first. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's me overthinking it. But I, honestly, if I had to guess, I'm still leaning toward Anthony Russo. And I think the okay. reason why is they brought this guy in for a reason. Um, right. If yeah. they truly believe Thorne was a guy, you can still get a, a you know, a, a transfer portal quarterback. But they got a starting caliber guy, a guy with 26 career starts wants to go to the NFL, has those aspirations, and knows that he needs a big year in his last year to actually make that happen. So they could have gotten a lesser guy if they really did. They got a backup sort of type just for depth. Um, they didn't do that. They went out and got a guy who can compete and win the starting job. And I think all things considered, it's like, what's the best thing for this team long term? I think getting to a bowl game is huge. I think it's kind of a must for them if they want to keep that recruiting momentum, get those good players um, that can help you get back to a place of competing with, you know, the Ohio States and the Penn States and, you know, the top of the conference, those teams, because you need the talent to do that. So I think they need to show progress. They need to win at least six games, go to a bowl game. You do that, you got a lot of momentum. And to me, it's like, which is the guy who can do that? Thorne is still coming along. I mean, he's only, he only has one career start under his belt, so right. I'm not sure if he's ready yet. He can be. I think he can be a really good quarterback. But if you're talking about win-now mode, which, you know, this this coaching staff, that's their mentality, I sort of think that they would lean towards Russo. That's why they brought him in, you know. So that's kind of where I'm leaning. But, again, probably changes every other day. Like, are you a little surprised that it's gone on this long? Like, I, I figured, you know, just me, like, I figured Russo comes in. Okay, well, fifth-year guy. He has NFL aspirations. Like, he's clearly going to be the guy. Sure, he'll call it a quarterback competition. But by the time, I, I don't know, 
certainly early August rolls around, you're going to say, oh, versus the guy. Like I, Me personally, I'm a little surprised that this has gone on as long as it has. Do you feel the same way, or did you kind of see this coming because of just, I guess, how good Thorne is or yeah, how equal they are? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised in some ways, not so surprised in others. Um, I think the staff likes to play it close to the, be- to the best either way, um, mm-hmm. whether they knew who know who their guy is or not. Just because whenever you have something that's even a little bit of a competition – um, if you can make Northwestern sweat a little bit and say, okay, well, we got to prepare for two different quarterbacks. If you can do that, you do it. You try to get a competitive edge. I get it. Um, but I do think that the staff probably went into the offseason thinking, okay, we got our guy in Anthony Russo. Um, hopefully that brings out the best in Peyton Thorne. But, you know, we like Russo a lot. And I do think Thorne has, you know, kind of lived up to that competition and said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to keep working. Like I'm not just because you brought another guy, you know, we'll welcome him with open arms, but like, I'm not just going to give up this job. So I think Thorne has really kind of pushed back. That's probably what they want to see. You know, they always talk about competition and, you know, building up the depth. So like these guys aren't getting complacent out there and they're giving it their best every day at practice. That's what's happening at this quarterback competition. So I think it's kind of played out perfectly the way they wanted it. Um, and now I think they have two guys that they would feel confident in trying to get out there um, again, I don't even know if the guy who starts the year is going to be the guy who finishes it just because it's that right close. If, if a guy is struggling, they're probably not going to hesitate to turn to the backup. And I don't think you would really say that last year just because, you know, your options were Theo Day, who just probably wasn't a power five quarterback. Um, you, you got Rocky Lombardi, uh, who was the most experienced guy. And then you had, you know, uh, Peyton Thorne, who was a retro freshman who had never played before. Um, yeah. So I think, Knowing that uh, Rocky was probably your best option for the first half of the season, probably a little hesitant to make the move. Um, you know, after that Northwestern game, it's kind of tough to sub him when you just beat a, the number eight team in the country. But um, I think this year there's a lot will be a lot less you know hesitancy to make a move if you need to if a guy's struggling because they do like both those guys that much. All right, you know that we will be back for two more segments with Colton Pouncey, but first I need to talk to you beautiful people about Built Bar. Built Bar. That's right, guys. Ooh, if you haven't had a Built Bar yet, you're missing out. Point blank. It is the best tasting protein bar. Yes, full disclosure. We are paid to say that, but try it yourself. Honestly, I, I, I talk like this even away from a microphone. I, I will hawk Built Bar uh, for free. That It is so good. So good. Nine delicious flavors for you guys. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange Cookies and Cream, and German Chocolate. If you're not sure what your go-to flavor is, well, I got good news for you. They've got a mixed box, which gives you two of each of the nine flavors I just listed. So not only is Built Bar an incredible treat to have on a golf course before you do yard work, before or after a workout, check out these stats right now. 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar. Calories ranging from just 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and just 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. I mean, come on. you, you got to be kidding me with those macros right there. With, with how good it tastes, whew, Built Bar's got something special going on. And they've also got a nice promo code going on, too. Use promo code LOCKED15. That's right. Locked 15. And you're going to get 15% off your order at built.com. Once again, that is locked 15 to save 15% off your built bar order at built.com. And I'll spare you any more seconds of even talking about quarterback battles any further. <laughs> Thank you for uh, humoring me with all that, though. Um, sure. so just to move to running back. I, I think it's pretty determined that 
Kenneth Walker is going to be the guy. Like he's the number one guy. But I'm curious because this is a talented room. How much of the pie chart do you think is going to be eating up? Is this like a season where like Le'Veon Bell does in 12 year, where it's like he's definitely the guy going to get a ton of the carries? Or do you think it's going to be still somewhat of an even split between guys like him, Collins, Simmons, whatever on earth they want to do with Joyner, uh, Hayward, to humor you? Like how, how much of the guy do you think he's going to be? It's interesting because I think Kenneth Walker is that good that he can be the guy where like maybe maybe the work maybe the workload is like 80-20, like if he really oh, wanted it to wow. be. I but the thing is football's kind of changed from those, you know, Javon yeah. Ringer, Le'Veon Bell type days. Right. So I think you know, if you can keep a guy fresh um and play multiple guys that you like, that's probably the better option. Um if you don't need to, you know, give Kenneth Walker 40 carries a game, you probably don't, you know, it's probably best for the team that you don't. Um but at the same time, like, yeah, I think there are some players that can help the team. Elijah Collins, like, by all indications, it sounds like he's back to that 2019 form. We'll see what that means in 2021 because, again, he's not going to be getting the bulk of the carries like he did that season. But I still think that he can spell Walker and, you know, give him a breather and that you have two starting caliber running backs that you can play. Um, so you're not really giving the defense any breaks when you, you sub one of those guys out. And then with the other pieces that they have, you know, Jordan Simmons is a young guy that they liked a lot. I think at one point they wanted to make him the starter, but he kind of got banged up last year. Um, I think he needs to improve a little bit on his vision. He's kind of like, you know, see and run, but doesn't really like evaluate the entire offensive line. I think there's much many holes to evaluate anyway with, you know, <laughs> this group. Um, but at the same time, I think they like him a lot. You know, he's a, could be the perfect like lightning type of back uh, to somebody's thunder. Um, so I think he can come in and, you know, if you need a speed back, you know, you can put him at receiver a little bit, you know, do, do a little bit of different things with him, I think. Um, and then a guy like Harold Joyner, who you bring in from Auburn, you know, I talked to some people down there, like, what is he like? And they're like, well, yeah, he's six, four, but like, he's not a power back at all. He's more of a finesse player. Um, you know, he, okay. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, sure. everyone thinks that, but you see him out there. He actually looks like a wide receiver. It's really interesting. Gotcha. He just kind of towers over the other backs. Um, he's got great hands. I think like the way that Connor Hayward, I always thought he should have been used in the past. I think they'll probably do that with uh, Harold Joyner this year. You know, you can put him in the slot because he's got great hands. You can bring him in the backfield and have him like, you know, run a wheel route or something. I think he could be really effective in that sort of offensive dynamic. Um, and I think he's not, he's not the greatest like between the tackles runner, but you don't really need him to be with, you know, Kenneth Walker and Elijah Collins. So gotcha. they've got a lot of options. I think that's what they wanted. When you can't get the the guy that can kind of, do it all um you can kind of you know get by by having a guy like harold jordan who can catch the ball um a guy like kenneth walker who has great vision collins is you know proven himself and you got you know uh jordan simmons who's a speedback so you can kind of get those elements that you like within three or four different players that fascinates me about harold jordan because i, I think i'm like a lot of state fans I, i'm so scarred uh, and have PTSD from so many fourth and one runs that were stuck <laughs> that you see the six foot four behemoth come in and you're like, yes, this is our yeah. guy. He's going to get, <laughs> so he's not the power runner. That, that fascinates me. But, but hey, uh, you know, it is what it is. Kenneth Walker will do the job. I mean, Eli Collins post COVID, you hope will be solid too. So that's, that, that's, a, that's a great rundown of the running backs. And to transition to um, quite the contrary here from going from the talented running back uh, room to the question mark tight end group, it, sure. it, Tyler Hunt, it, by all accounts, it looks like he's going to be the guy. But what fascinates me is 19th year senior Connor Hayward. Is this <laughs> is this actually a thing, or or are they just like kind of plugging him in just to be like, well, you ain't getting any touches in the running back room. Let's let's, let's try a tight end sport. Or 
I, I just don't know how to tell how, how legit this is or not for Hayward being a contributor at this position. So I thought they needed to do something with him because they still like even without him in the running back room, they still have six scholarship running backs. And with him there would have been seven. So yeah. it's kind of like someone needed to move. Um and we already saw um ooh, Brandon, who's they had another running back. Um his name is escaping me right now. Um, but he moved to def- defensive end. So they already, you know, kind of cleaned out the running back a little bit. Um, so I, I, it's interesting because Connor Hayward is very much a guy that the coaching staff likes. Um, you know, he's got great hands. He's a great receiver, um, great blocker. He's probably their best blocking running back on the team. And so, you know, a lot of those skills translate to tight end. And as we know, that's kind of been a weak position. Um, so if you can line him up in the backfield at H back, you know, I think I saw him on, you know, in practice, he was kind of uh, motioning across the line of scrimmage and then coming out as a lead blocker. Um, I want to say Kenneth Walker on, on some play. So I'm like, if you want to use him like that, I think that could work because he's, right. he's a great blocker. Again, you can kind of do a lot of different things with him. You can split him out, put him in the slot, you know, um, have him run some routes out of that H-back position. So I like it a lot. You know, I think they because the staff wants to use him probably don't want to make him the starter like they did last year at running back. Um, sure. So this is probably yeah. the best case scenario to kind of, you know, maximize his skill set um, while still making him, keeping him happy and getting him some touches and keeping him involved. So I do like that move. Um, you know, I, he was getting some time with the first team offense uh, in Monday's practice, which I thought was interesting. So it seems like he's going to play. Um as for the rest of the tight end position, you know, they got Tyler Hunt, who is the walk-on backup punter, who somehow Woo! became the starting tight end, which is honestly a great story. Like, good that for that. That is a day. Big Ten fairy tale. Yeah, it's really great. Is. It really is. Uh, I think he came from, like, the middle of nowhere. Uh, high school football team was like, hey, I want to join your squad. Like, I don't care what position I'll play. D'Antonio's like, yeah, come on, I don't care. Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, it's really, like, fascinating how he's worked his way up to the top. I'm not sure if that's – Great overall for the team, but it's great for him. Um, and honestly, like I, I was kind of, I was kind of impressed with you know him kind of stepping up last year. Um, you know, Matt Dotson and Trent Gilson were both kind of banged up, so they missed some time. Um, and he kind of took control of that tight end room. It sounds like he's still in charge of it now. Um, I would expect him to be the starter. Um, that means a guy like Trent Gilson is probably a little bit further behind, and that's kind of disappointing. You know, considering he's a four-star guy um you kind of expected him to kind of be the guy by now this is his fourth year on campus and you know he's getting passed up by a former walk-on on on, former walk-on punter um but you know we'll see if he's healthy this year maybe he can kind of maybe put it all together i'm not confident in that but you never know um and then they've got some young guys that they like you know cameron allen i don't think he'll contribute that much this year but they do like him for the future and then my god malik carr I don't know if you've seen like pictures of him going around. He's a like unit, yeah, He's <laughs> massive. That's a big dude, bro. And um, I see him out there. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <You know? laughs> put him at put him at tight end. There's no reason for him to be playing wide receiver at any point in his career, even in high school when he was a top 200, you know, receiver. Gotcha. I'm like, dude, six four, six five with like tree trunks for legs. Why is he a wide receiver? Just bulk him up, put him at tight end, let his athleticism play. And, you know, he had a foot injury, I think, and had surgery, but he's back in the mix now. It might take him, you know, a little bit to learn the playbook and learn, you know, the intricacies of, of the tight end position. But he's a guy to me, like like a Keon Coleman, where he's just so athletic. He's such a physical specimen that you just want to find a way to get him on the field. And I think they'll do that probably the latter half of the season. But 
overall, it still might be a work in progress for the tight end room. Not so sure, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know we'll see. Maybe Ted Gilmore that's, can get the best out of him. That's such tough optics. That's such a, like a tough sentence. Uh, oh yeah, your four star tight end prospect got passed up by the walk on punter. Like that, <laughs> that's got to be damaging for the psyche, man. That's that's brutal. <laughs> That's two segments down, one to go, or actually four segments down with Colton. If you go back to yesterday's, again, if you missed that, we break down the defense in yesterday's show. But we will be back in a hot second. I just need to talk to you fine folks about betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get updated odds props, and contests, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open right now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. What's that, you ask? Well, simple. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, well, your wager is refunded. Up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. It's one word, all one word, NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, golf, right up to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So I, I want to end this offensive preview on wide receivers uh, on a high note. But before then, can you hear me here? Like, you know me, I'm a, I'm a massive homer. And something about the August air really makes me delusional and gets me super hyped up for the season thinking that, you know, we're, you know, hell bound for eight and four, nine and three. Mm-hmm. And this is a reason why the offensive line, I, I counted up all their starts combined with everyone in the offensive line room. And it's like North of 120 starts <laughs> with that said, it hasn't always, if rarely ever been that great, but still that's so much experience. So like what, what <sighs> Please level set with me here. Put me in my place. Like, should I tone down my excitement for a competent to above average offensive line? Or is that kind of what you're feeling too? Break my heart. Um, Just break it. You know. Smash it. I don't want to be the guy that's like, this is the year for the Michigan State offensive line. Put it all together. Because I. Let's go, baby. Let's go. You know. I I like how this starts. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, I don't want to be that guy. But. Actually, our, our Nick Baumgartner, uh, columnist at The Athletic, wrote actually a great piece, um, you know, today on uh, Chris Kapilvic and kind of his past stops. And pretty much everywhere he's been in the past, he has made offensive lines better um, by, like, basically any yeah. metric you can find. He has an impact, whether it's year one or year two, he's getting them on the right track. And there's a reason that Mel Tucker brought him along. There's a reason Mel Tucker sought him to, to you know, bring him on board at Colorado. Um, he reached out to Nick Saban, Sam Pittman, a bunch of his contacts and said, who should I hire? And, you know, that was one of his guys. So I like him a lot. I think he's a great offensive line coach. He's a great teacher. He has a, an ability to break down things and make it simple for guys. I think that was probably an issue for some of these dudes in the past. You know, there were a lot of these guys like Kevin Jarvis and, you know, these guys that have been around for a while um, got a lot of playing time probably before they were ready. You know, I think Kevin Jarvis is probably out there as a, True freshman, um, 2017. 
Um, some of these other guys like Luke Campbell played as redshirt freshman and AJ Curry got in the mix, Matt Allen a little bit later. So a lot of these guys are playing super early in their careers. Um, and sometimes that can mess you up if you're not like fully aware of the playbook, if you're falling behind in some, some ways, but Michigan State just didn't have a lot of options. And so they had to play some of these guys, um, even like J.D. Duplain and Nick Samak. Those are two guys that started as freshmen, um, yeah. you know, two years ago. So ideally, you know, these guys are like fifth year guys now. Duplain and Samak are third year guys. Ideally, that's the year that it all starts to come together. Um, and again, with a guy like Kapilovic leading the way, you think that he can get the best out of them. And I like Jarrett Horse a lot, the Arkansas State transfer. Um, I think he's a yeah. really intriguing player. Plays with an edge. That dude's nasty. Like he's he might get a couple penalties for like unnecessary roughness. That's like we'll take sort it. Of Fine, whatever. But honestly, like I think I think that's the edge he brings to the offensive line is something that's needed because a lot of these guys like they don't really they don't really strike me as you know maulers dogs. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. And Jarrett Horace is a dog. Like he's got that in him, and I think he's like other guys have like yeah, it's been nice having him around because he's so like. He's always at 100, and, like, we have to match that energy. So, again, I don't want to be the guy. I think there are signs of hope here. Um, there we'll, see, we'll see that's if that I translates. If, if that's okay for you, that's, that's like, all I'm going to give you. I'm not going to be the guy that goes further than that and says, this is the year they're turning around. Because I think I've been that guy in the past, and I don't want to do that again. So I'll just spare myself by saying I just need a rational guy like you just to give me the, the word hope, and that's all I need to just say. You know what? Nine and three. What the hell am I talking about? New Year's Six Bowl, baby. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. We're going to Miami CFP, twice. Book it. Yep. That's yeah. right. We're, we're going once to play the Hurricanes, then once again to go to the Orange Bowl, baby. That's that's yeah. right. I'm going to keep my parking space when we go down there. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, on top of that, let, let's just keep the good vibes rolling here with the wide receiver group. Jalen Naylor, Jaden Reed. We, we know those two guys are cream of the crop. Like, those are amongst the best probably in the Big Ten. But beyond that, and I'm starting to think, as a lot of people are starting to think or know, that Ricky White's probably not going to be available for at least the first game, if not a few games of the season. Who's the third guy then? Because right now in your depth chart piece, you have Montori Foster or Trey Mosley, which that's tough to argue. But then again, you keep hearing about Keon Coleman. I'm hearing more about Christian Fitzpatrick than I thought I was going to hear about. You also got big-bodied guys like Ian Stewart. You got Michigan Wolverine killer Cade McDonald in the mix. Like, is <laughs> is it going to be between uh, Foster or Mosley, or do you think there's actually a tight gap even behind those guys for that third receiver position? Yeah, because it's you know I whoever starts. I don't think will be the full-time starter. I think they can do a sort of wide receiver by committee type deal for that third spot. Um, I do sort of have Montori Foster and Trey Mosley. If I had to guess, I don't know, because Montori Foster, people have been raving about him. Um, you know, this is a dude who didn't yeah. start playing football, I think, until his senior year, if not his junior year. So not a lot of experience there. D'Antonio kind of had good word um, from his Ohio Connects and was like, those coaches over there were like, this dude's going to be something. Like, give him a chance. Gives him a scholarship. Um, D'Antonio obviously never got to coach him, but he was good enough to where Mel Tucker and Jay Johnson were playing him quite a bit. He, I mean, yeah. played in every game last year. A lot of it special teams, but he ended up starting one game against Northwestern, um, was pretty much in the rotation from day one. Um, so I think that kind of speaks to how far he's come along, how far he's picked up the sport. And now this is his second year at Michigan State. Um, you know, Jay Johnson's like, we love his athletic background, you know, basketball player, um, can jump out the gym, you know, that type of athlete. Um, it sounds like he's making some strides with his route running and things like that. So 
I don't know. I think he probably brings you a little bit more upside than Trey Mosley. Mosley was getting a lot of snaps with Reed and Naylor at the open practice Monday, and he's more of a stability type guy, a glue guy um, next to those two who are like, I think, studs, Reed and Naylor. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if he got that. He, I mean, he's got them, some playing time under his belt too. Um, but I'd see those two probably fighting for that third spot. And then honestly, like behind them, Terry Lockett is a guy who played last year. He's a sophomore. He did not redshirt last year yeah. because he was in every game basically. Um, you know, they like – Kay McDonald got some playing time last year. Uh, Keon Coleman and Christopher Fitzpatrick were brought in to be these big physical receivers. Um, you know, Christopher Fitzpatrick's brother is in the NFL right now with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Um, Keon Coleman is a freak athlete uh, and <laughs> great on Twitter too. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> I, hope that works, I, I, I hope the Keon Coleman experience works in year one. That would just be awesome yeah. for him to just – It's going to be, it's gonna, it's gonna be so tough for them to keep him off the field. Like so tough because you look at oh, him. Out I love there, hearing that. Let's go. <laughs> he's so. I mean, he's pretty raw. I mean, you see him in some of these wide receiver drills, and he's like right. a, step, a tick or two below, you know, a Reed or Naylor who have been around. Technical stuff to clean up, but at the same time, like this dude is legit, like six three, six four. Um, you know, probably a forty plus inch vertical, like very quick. Um, he's a total package. He's what you look for. He's just. You just got to coach him up. That's all it is. I, I think he's going to be a great player. It's just a matter of time. And I think they'll try to work him in maybe situationally, at least his freshman year, maybe work himself more um, back end of the season. But, yeah, he's a physical freak. I think he's going to play a lot, like, down the road. What else can be said about Colton Pouncey? The, the guy's a, a gentleman, a scholar, and a guy who was just super gracious with his time, breaking down pretty much the entire roster with us over the last two days. So shout out to Colton. I uh, hope to have him on a few times during the season because, yeah, he's just always awesome to talk to. Um, betting on the Spartans doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, Ron team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, once again, we are kicking off next week with talking to U.S. Amateur Golf Champion James Pyatt. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait to drop that episode. But until then, hey, let's have a weekend. Seven more days until kickoff, baby. Oh, God. Seven more days. I'm not ready. Go green.